Hey, what's up? It's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and my good buddy, Kyle Kinane, we'd get together each week, ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, other mysteries of the universe. Uh, at least that was our initial intentions. Uh, but if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also had a Patreon page. We would offer up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully, someday soon, we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster. But until then, please enjoy this blast from the past from your old pals, Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. We're letting it rip. Let it rip, dude. Dude, do you ever just rip it? Rip it, flip it, rub it down. Who dude. is that? Who says that? That's Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah. Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. The girlie's going to do me. Look who, look who knows. Who's BBD. Oh, yeah, man. That's uh, That was eighth grade. Uh, kids in the hall sketch. Belle Biv DeVoe. I remember uh, our hangout in middle school was the local bowling alley. And the bowling alley had a jukebox, and I remember my buddy's dad serviced the jukebox. And I remember one day he was—he's uh, like, "Got too many complaints. We got to take out Doomy from Belle Biv DeVoe. No, no more." <laughs> we were like, "Ah, man, you're taking out Doomy?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, too many complaints. It's too too sexually suggestive." Remember uh, when do when do was the verb oh, was the verbal yeah. equivalent? Oh, he, I totally did her. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do her. That was great. Or you like, did you guys do it? Do it. Are you gonna do it? Like that? Be like, oh, uh, they're gonna do it. You guys are gonna do it. Oh man, they totally did it. <laughs> you and Christy do it yet? <laughs> did I tell you this? That was so. It's such a wholesome thing. I think I told you this off the air one time, but uh, like in seventh grade is when. Man, in sixth grade, I was just innocent and prepubescent and didn't know anything. And then then in seventh grade, I transitioned to middle school. And Georgia yeah. middle school was seventh and eighth, yeah. where, you know, you got kids from multiple yeah. elementary schools coming in together. And, uh, man, seventh grade was just the year that everything changed. Yeah. Like, just guys started fingering people and... Just puberty and yeah, man, junior high. That was, by the way, that was the goal. Like early on, was like not necessarily to have sex because I was still I. Even though I mentioned this, I yeah. I had sex at fifteen, but I was still like pregnancy was such a like. Ooh, I got to be careful. Yeah. But so the goal was fingering. How long till I, I get to finger this and girl? Also, <laughs> Unpleasant for both parties. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And also back then, no idea what a no, clitoris was. No, you, you didn't know what you were doing. And I'm sure it was horrible for the woman to just yeah. 
Just oh, take a knuckle to the just cooch. Clumsy fingers. <laughs> like trying to get like trying to get your like trying to find something that fell between the seat of the car. <laughs> but um in seventh grade we had it's the first time like one of my buddies uh, I had a buddy who had sex in seventh grade and I believed him. Like it wasn't like just some you know, run at his mouth. You could tell, like, nah, he, he, him and he Mark it. and Cassie he did it. it. Yeah. They did it. But then, uh, the first time I ever heard the phrase, and sorry to be crass, but the first time I heard the phrase, piece of pussy. Yeah. That, like, I took uh, it literal, and I thought, like, 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 like you could just remove it, <laughs> like, like as a Jenga. <laughs> Like her vagina was just a Jenga game, and that, like like a guy just took a piece of pussy from her. Oh god! And I yeah, really that's thought that. A, that's, that that one, like that stuff. Still, even when people would talk that way, and I'm not trying to like white knight or anything, I was I was always just like, ah. yeah. But I didn't understand that it was just a a fray, a figure of speech. I thought like, well, <sighs> well what did you do with the piece of pussy? Yeah. Did you put it in the to-go box nice and take piece it home? Of ass. Get a nice blah, blah. No, yeah, I was no. yeah, I didn't quite understand things, but uh yeah, got a <laughs> since we're on the topic, got got my first HJ when I was thirteen. That's from a twelve year old in her mom's van while mom was driving said van. Went to Whitewater in Marietta, Georgia, uh uh water park. We were coming home from Whitewater, and Did for some finish, you finished it, or she just touched it for a while. As soon as she touched it, I finished it. Uh. It was just immediate. But for some reason, mom, her mom, would let us recline that back row of seats and just kind of have a little slumber party in the back. And so she couldn't see what we were doing down there. And uh, man, uh, <laughs> girl, girl, uh. grabbed my dong, and immediately my dong threw up. Just, just broke it. She mm-hmm. just broke it off. Yep. She got a piece of dick. Mm-hmm. She got herself a piece of dick. <laughs> this isn't what you paid for. This isn't what the Patreons paid to hear. Sorry. Pay, parted with their money. It really it get, get some cues aid. Oh, sorry. Well, just to let you know, this is a June Q and A special uh-huh. episode. Uh, we are continuing on from all the questions that were asked in the May episode yes. because uh, <clears throat> scheduling issues, and we asked. We got plenty, plenty of questions. So sorry that we did not uh, solicit questions for this month, but it's the ones that were still submitted last month. We will try to get as many as we can. If not, please keep submitting. And I'm sorry if we don't get to them, but please feel free to just you know <clears throat> shout something in there, mm-hmm. and we try to do it. And uh, let's. Uh, Let's start off with um, um, Spencer Williams. Yes, Dave, what if Bigfoot did not like your famous chili? Alternatively, what if Bigfoot stole your chili recipe and opened up a food truck with Mothman selling it? I don't know why Moth, probably because Bigfoot wouldn't fit in the food truck. Would you? Mothman's would, more of a salesman. Would your love of them, yeah, yes. Would, would your love of them stop you from filing a lawsuit? No, I would be flattered. <laughs> I'd be flattered that Bigfoot wants to. Sell my chili. What if that's the most amazing thing, though? Is people are always like, oh, Bigfoot. Well, we knew he was real, but we didn't know. This chili's unreal. Mm-hmm. You know what's unreal about Bigfoot selling his chili? The chili. My chi- that's brag. something I didn't think that flavor existed. My chili's fucking good, dude. Just be called Dave's Bigfoot Chili. Okay. It's food truck, man. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, do you want to invest? You'd be a silent right. partner? Uh, yeah, I'm silent. <laughs> 
I do want a food truck, man. I'm still going to make that happen one day. It's always been my backup if if, yeah. if comedy fizzles out. But even if comedy doesn't fizzle out, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have a side project. Fucking, I, I, I mean, it's a restaurant. Food truck, I think, is easier as far as you know. Brick and mortar is tough. You know, it's a lot more money, a lot more, you know. But food truck, just you understand a vehicle as a domicile. Mm-hmm. Why not a business? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, have my stew crew. Stew crew. Sell chili. I'm going to sell jerk chicken chili, and I'm going to sell gumbo. Boom, boom, boom. Pick your poison. Chili truck. Mm-hmm. Chili truck. What's the name? What's the, you got to have a pun. I know. It's I, have I a pun. hate wordplay, though. Let's see. Ch- uh, um, Sell some fried cornbread. Ch- uh, but seriously, man. Texas st- chili, jerk chicken chili, and gumbo. Somebody asked last month about jokes that don't work, that you like doing them. I was like... Like um, Meals on Wheels went out of like they stopped funding for Meals on Wheels. I'm like, ah, there's too many food trucks anyway. Or I'd just be like, Meals on Wheels, the original food truck. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what what's the chili? I mean, chili would go with cold, but I don't, yeah, I don't know a pun. First, yeah. uh, send them out. Send out the puns for Dave's food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, my concho sixty six sixty nine six 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 whatever yeah. says, "Hey idiot, what's your go to burger setup?" <laughs> also, there's three Waffle Houses down here in Tucson, and tons of weird shit going down in the Saguaro National National Park. Excuse me, I love Tucson. I'm trying to. I hate Waffle House, but I love Tucson. Fuck you. We've gone over this. God damn it. You can fuck yeah. Waffle House can eat. You my just ass. haven't had a good experience. Nobody has. It's Waffle House. I have. Waffle House is. Waffle House is the second worst thing that happened to those people who got shot at Waffle House was that they got shot at Waffle House. The first worst thing was that they uh, ate at Waffle House. God damn it. You are so wrong. Waffle House is a goddamn national treasure. I love everything about it. Can I make fun of that shooting? Because there was another one today, so we're already got some distance on the Waffle House shooting. Seriously, not Somebody to. Somebody ate at Waffle House, like, oh, and it needed this like a bullet in the head. Like, not to get all whatever, but like. I'm unaffected now because it happens no, so much. I'm going to openly make mock all, all shit. You know what? Stop, stop so publicizing. Much. Like, because people see that it gets, it's this story. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's a sad approach to take, but what if you didn't publicize mass shootings? What mm. if you didn't, instead of outrage, what if we just stopped giving it any attention whatsoever and then maybe people... Because walking, it seems like people are doing it because they know it's going to be a statement. Well, it's the same way. I'm, I'm talking out of my ass right now. It's the same way that uh, during a baseball game or a football game, when someone runs out onto the field, they don't show it because they don't want to encourage that behavior. They'll say, "Oh, some guys loose out on the field," but the camera won't show it. Oh, really? Yeah, they They'll will specifically they avoid specifically, happening. Yeah, you will never see that. They did it back in the '70s and '80s or whatever. But now, because then everybody will do it. Yeah, because everybody will do it, and they're like, "I got on TV." Now they don't show it because they're like, "All right, you fucking idiot! If you're going to run out on the field, you're still not going to get on TV. So please don't do it." Hmm. I mean, I, I agree with the not posting the shooter's name mm-hmm. or information about him because that's kind of the same, but. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, burger setup. Sure, I love uh, burger that. setup. What's your what's your what's your preferred burger? I mean, fast food burgers aside, if I'm just like restaurant burger, mm-hmm. God damn it, bacon, cheese, and sautéed mushrooms. I yeah. just it's just a classic. 
you know, I like changing it up once in a while. Mm-hmm. But bacon, cheese, sautéed mushrooms, and mm-hmm. then with the with the uh, anything that comes with it, when they give you like all the lettuce and tomatoes and onions, that absolutely goes on there. Mm-hmm. Everything you get put on a plate to go on top of a burger, I put it all on there. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, nothing. I no big surprising weirdness. I've had it where like I've had it with a pineapple and a slice of ham on it. That's mm-hmm. good. Sometimes a big garbage burger with a fried egg on it. Ooh. A breakfast burger. Love a good breakfast yeah, burger, too. fried egg on a burger. Yeah, fried egg and bacon and cheese. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like... Uh, let me give a shout-out to uh, my buddies at the Albert in Atlanta, where I used to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Paul Galois runs that uh, kitchen over there. And uh, they have the Diner Burger. Oh, yeah. Which is just a, it's a double burger, two thin patties, mm. but uh, I think it equals about a quarter pound. So two one-eighth pound patties, and it's just American cheese, uh, red onions, mm-hmm. and mustard, yellow mustard. I think we had that just one over there. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Simple. No lettuce, tomato. I like all that stuff, yeah. but sometimes too much of that stuff, it becomes a logistical issue where it's sliding off and uh, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I got, I got a fork and knife this thing, yeah. like a goddamn fanciful. Just a good, simple, fresh bakery-style bun. Yeah. <clears throat> good meat. And then American cheese, yellow mustard, red onion. I, I, I'm not trying to, like, toot horns here, but Rachel made burgers... I don't know what she got that was like 50-50 of like ground chuck and then sirloin or sirloin. whatever. And mixed it mm-hmm. with the chopped onions and <clears throat> made it in a pan with a lid over it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of would steam. Ste- steam it and cook. <clears throat> One of the best burgers I've ever eaten. Wow. And I was telling like, we got to do it again. And she's like, I don't even know if I could remember. It was just one of those things where like, I'm sure I don't cook, but I'm sure you have. Like, you know what you're doing. But then sometimes... Like, I know how to kind of do this. And you make you're like, oh, shit. I should have remembered exactly what I did because this is the best thing. That burger was so goddamn good. I was and gonna, just fresh vegetables that you yeah. chop up, the tomatoes and onions yeah. that you chop up. Thin sliced tomatoes, mm-hmm. thin sliced uh, lettuce, mm-hmm. like sh- uh, shredded lettuce. Yeah. Ooh. So goddamn good. Mm. Yeah. I like some mayo on a burger, too. Easy mayo. Yeah. That's the problem with fast food places now. We're, we went to a Wendy's when we were on that mm-hmm. run. Slopped it up. Yeah. They slop it up with a ketchup and mayo. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Is it like is it still easier to do that than have a dispenser? Like I'm, I'm thinking it's like an, um, an economy. I always think it's like a money thing. Well, a lot of times they have a gun. Just a <laughs> yeah. But is it easier to do that so then people aren't trying to assemble? I love a Fuddruckers where you mm-hmm. got to dole out all I your own that. hot cheese, yeah. like a hot nacho cheese on yeah. a burger. Yeah, yeah. Those now good I'm just pickles. sliding off of my whole go-to. Like, yeah. <laughs> you give me an open topping bar for a burger, I'll yeah. put everything on mm-hmm. a burger. Yeah. I love In-N-Out. If you want to try the healthier tip, uh, fat burgers, veggie burgers are fucking great. Really? Yeah. Never been over, overly impressed with fat burger. I you talk about the shredded lettuce and all the good toppings mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. and the fr- and and their veggie burgers. Like me, I gotta I gotta stay off the meat for right now. The Shake Shack's a solid burger. I still haven't gotten over the Shake. Shack. You haven't? Have you not ever? No, because I'm Shack? every time I'm in town, I'm trying to be vegetarian, and healthy when I'm here because it's easier to eat good stuff that doesn't have meat in it. It's good. But then I know the Shake Shack's right down the street. It's <laughs> real good. Now I tell you another burger I like that people shit on around here, but I think Umami Burger. Yes, it's <laughs> overpriced, and yes, it's a little hipster. It slipped, man. The but it's, it's slipped. Really? Yeah. I think I went to. I was like, oh. Back in the day, when I first moved here, it was it was pretty goddamn good. Yeah. I meant to ask you, by the way, is is Rachel a good cook? Yeah, yeah, she, she knows, knows what, what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. she she has the 
You know, if it's time to follow a recipe, mm-hmm. she does. I don't have the patience to follow a recipe. I was bad at building models. <laughs> I'm like, nah, paint's, I'm sure the paint's dry enough. No, it's never dry enough. It's either dry or it's not dry. Yeah. And then everything I built, a model just had fingerprints. So here's my F-16. That the camouflage pattern is my thumbprints. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when I would try and cook with a recipe. I told you before, like, cook it. 400 degrees for an hour. I'm like, I'll cook it at 800 degrees for a half hour. That's not how it works. I know, but (laughs) mathematically in my head... Like and I'm, I'm like, oh, that's good enough. Or I'll try and get be a smart ass and have like, I'm gonna have like all things on all the burners, making it all at once. And I just fuck it up. And Rachel's methodical, and she knows, and she has good instincts as far as like uh-huh. the spice and a little bit of this, and not afraid to, you know, mess around. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Man, well, I- when she's it, like when I'm just uh, as the assistant, and it's like chop that up, do this over here. I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But as far as for me, freestyling, going full. Improv? No, I'm terrible. But in, but I can assist, and she's great. My girl has a lot of great qualities. Uh, mm-hmm. Cooking is not one of them. She sucks. She tries sometimes, but she just she just you know how like all the just, women in your life are bad cooks. Yeah, yeah. What is that? But you know how like in school, you know, some people are just good at math, and some people are good at this, and she just she doesn't have the aptitude for it. She. She fucking cooked a frozen pizza with a cardboard on the bottom. She fucking. I mean, I, even I. She ate six mm. week old bacon one time. She just doesn't know what the fuck she's I don't, doing. Is she in shape or just ill? <laughs> no, she's in shape. <laughs> Maybe She'd it's... be dead if it weren't for me. I don't know how she survived all these years prior to our relationship, but uh, and just sucks at the munchies. Like, here's the thing too. Like, uh, like I get the munchies, but like. It's it's a lifestyle, all right? Yeah. She's a healthy person and a fit person, so when she does get the munchies, she just panics. Carrots and hummus, and baby. Just, she Go just doesn't know coffee. what... Carrots she and just, hummus. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. What's just, a good healthy snack, Dave? I mean, yeah, carrots and hummus is a good healthy snack. As if we're doing keto, uh, I told you before, one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures in keto is pork rinds dipped in sour cream... With a with a shake of hot sauce on top, no no carbs in that shit. So no carbs, no nutrients either. Yeah. Nothing, nothing about that's good. <laughs> but the oh, flavor explosion, man! You get that uh, salty and creamy and oh boy, <clears throat> crunchy. But yeah, man, bless her heart. Katie just has no fucking idea what she's doing. I'm like, how did you? How have you survived? Maybe that's that's you know, that'll be your good influence in the house. Yeah. You know, you now she's welcomed you into into her home, mm-hmm. and you can provide the meals there. When I leave for tour now, I have to uh, I have to clean out the fridge because like I told her uh, last time I was I was going on tour, I say, hey, by the way, don't eat that bacon. That bacon's already been in there for three weeks. Don't eat that. Three weeks later, she goes, uh, oh, I. That was that the same bacon because I I just ate it and I'm like, you're about to get ill. You're gonna have terrible <laughs> food poisoning. And by some miracle, she didn't. But I was like, you're about to go on a wild ride. Yeah. I thought for sure she's gonna get violently yeah. ill. But the, yeah. she ate six you're gonna, week you're old. You're gonna bacon. make weight for that boxing match <laughs> quick. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you know that's that's what relationships are all about. We each bring our uh, attributes to the table. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, on the food tip, Jake Williams wants to know, he says, Dave, I really want to make your chili recipe, but I'm a recovering alcoholic. Is there anything I can substitute to get a close approximation for the booze ingredients? What, what booze is in your chili? I put bourbon and I put beer. Yeah, I put Budweiser and Jim Beam. Uh, you could just leave them both out. I mean, that just just a little cherry on top for those. It's not going to take away if you don't have it. 
You know? Is there a non-alcoholic whiskey? I don't think so. It's a great question, though, because there is no, non-alcoholic you beer. Know, yeah, but if you're trying to like <laughs> – Non-alcoholic whiskey, that'd just be Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a bitter syrup. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, just just leave the leave the booze out and uh, yeah, it's, it's really not going to affect too much. I mean – I put it in there for a reason. The bourbon adds a little oakiness, a little smoky mm-hmm. wood vibe to it. The beer, I just like that faint hint of Budweiser that you sometimes get. But, uh, yeah. My, my grandpa. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Matthew Graham asks, Kyle and Dave, what singular life event most influenced you into becoming the man you are today? Ooh, that's he- a great question. Heavy one. <clears throat> the man I am today. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, this isn't an incredibly original answer, but I got to I got to give it to my pops. My dad's just a good dude. Yeah, my dad raised me right, taught me respect for women, mm-hmm. taught me how to be accountable for your own shit, how to just be an overall good dude. So I got to give my hats off to my pops. He's a solid dude. Hmm. Okay, well, mine's not going to be that deep. <laughs> I'm trying to think a singular life event. <clears throat> this. <clears throat> Excuse me for the throat clearing. Um, I'm drinking black coffee because of my dad. Mm-hmm. He picked me up from the airport once, not long after I moved to LA, and I didn't get taught. I didn't get taught a lot of stuff by uh-huh. my dad. I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, you know, teach you how to shave, teach you how to do this, teach you how that. He didn't. I didn't get any of that. Yeah. But uh, he picked me up from the airport, and uh, it was already a weird thing. Like I'm moving to California to become an entertainment person. I was like, fucking, all right. Well, this one's doing whatever it's doing. And we we went to breakfast early in the morning, and I was putting like cream and sugar in my coffee, and my dad just looked at me. He's like, "Why don't you put a dress on it?" <laughs> Did I tell that story before? Yeah. So, well, that one. That I didn't one, want to stop you. That, that that's why I drink black coffee now. But I remember this more informs the philosophy that I go by. <clears throat> I remember I had a temp job one summer, and I was just a, I was like a lazy, like. <clears throat> Just well into my 20s when you should add your shit together. I didn't. I was working a temp job. My sister got temp jobs at this insurance company that had a giant warehouse of files. And it was before everything got digitized and put mm-hmm. in a computer. So everybody's like little insurance files. And you would just go run and catch, get files for the insurance people. Like they would be at a desk. And they were all people that just kind of didn't have much going on. So they got that job and they kind of were moving up slowly. Just be an office person. They're going to make some money. And that's going to be their job for mm-hmm. life. If they don't go back to college or whatever. So as everybody kind of not doing well with life, mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, shit, I guess world needs these people to do these jobs. And I guess we're those people. But I just remember freaking out. Just being like, man, how does that even add up? Five days we got to be here. You only get two days for yourself. Five days? Yeah. And only two days for yourself? And then a third of your life is sleeping? A third of your life is work? A third of your life is sleeping? And you only get one third of your own life? I'm like, that's bullshit math. Yeah. I I remember saying it as a joke to the people working, working with them. Just like, what are you doing this weekend? They're like, I don't know. Like, you got to do something this weekend. You only get two days. We're getting our lives stolen from us. Just being a clown in the office. But it's I'm like, true, though. But I look like, yeah, I remember being like, if I can get to a point where I don't have to wake up for an alarm clock. Or who was I talking to uh, the other day about just, or maybe it was us talking about in the car for the trip. Like, 
the fact that I could look at tomorrow like with excitement, like, oh man, what do I, what am I doing tomorrow? Not what do I have to do tomorrow, but like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. And excited about that. If you can get to that point in your life, and I think it was working these shitty jobs and realize like if I didn't get my shit together, or at least swing for the fucking fences with comedy, I was going to be somebody that just has a job that nobody wants the job, but you mm-hmm. convince yourself you like your job. Mm-hmm. You work in an office, you can get along with your coworkers, and so you convince yourself that you're happy because mm-hmm. you have to be because you don't have another option. Mm-hmm. So I think. Working those jobs where it was like, oh, man. So I think, yeah, I think that day when I was making a joke about five for them, two for us, trying to rally people, just being silly in an office. <laughs> like, actually, that one kind of. It's so true, though. And I get that, you know, not everybody can have the lifestyle we have. And, no. you know, hats off to we people. We might that, not have this lifestyle yeah. <clears throat> for long. So I'm enjoying it while I have. Yeah. And hats off to the people that, <clears throat> that punch a clock and work mm-hmm. a 40, 50 hour week and. You know, uh, but that just, I just, it ain't, it ain't for me. You know? I was just bad. I was bad at it. That was my thing. I wouldn't have advanced in there to even be, I would have just been, yeah, making, making paycheck to paycheck. We used to have that joke. What was that joke about? Like, oh, I don't have to do anything tomorrow. Or, oh, yeah. Ble- yeah. Like, tragedies like disguised could, as blessings. Yeah. Like you could die and nobody would yeah, know. Yeah, so it's like, what do, you, what do you got going on tomorrow? I'm like, man, I don't have to wake up for anything. <laughs> I'm realizing that that isn't something you should celebrate. <clears throat> but And we've talked about this before, too. And I think the trade-off, you know, and, and, by, and just so we know, like I'm not shitting on people who do have the classic – uh, four hour week and and wife and kids and house and all that. Uh, their trade off that that you and I do not have is family. You know, I get working fifty hours a week, doing something mm-hmm. you don't really necessarily like, but you know you got to. But then you get to go home and you got your kids and you got all that, and that's fine. So I think you know that's their version of whatever. Yeah. We don't have that, but we have yeah. uh, freedom and free time and all that. Yeah, it's not one's better than the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have the stability of like, <clears throat> oh, let me go into my home that I own. And yeah. Here's my yard, and I also have the skills to build a shack, uh, build a shed in my yard, and watch my kids grow up. <clears throat> We've traded all that for other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not one's better than the other. And but. that's rad, too. Like, trust me, I would love to have <laughs> a house mm-hmm. with a backyard and, you know, yeah. all that. But that's just. And uh, then if you do get it in this line of work, you got to be gone away from it even more yeah. to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Even if you achieve that, you you got to be gone all the time. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off. So to each his own. Um, I like that. Uh, you know what? I realize you know some people get some cryptid questions and everything, but this is a question that like we get a little personal on here, and uh, so we can. Uh, I was like trying to mix it up, like let's get a spooky one in there. Mm-hmm. But like we can just go for go for one. You got one in there? You want to answer? You got one? Uh, I'm just kind of going down the Shaking list in order here. Jack Eisenhuff, Eisenhuth, Eisenhuff. You guys have a specific place you go to to do comedy. I know the other comedians frequent the comedy store in L.A. I wonder if you guys have a spot you hang out at. Uh, no, and that is, I will say, that is my one thing. And, and, you know, it might be my own fault, but I don't have a home club. I used to have a home club in Atlanta. Had a couple of home spots in Atlanta. The Star Bar every Monday was kind of my home. Relapse mm-hmm. Theater was my home. Uh, I don't have a home here. And I think that's just because... There's so much here that you can't yeah. – you can spread yourself out, you know. To hang out at one 
place I think is limiting how you can approach comics. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a, like a hive mentality when you hang out at one place. True. Like, oh, that guy makes the other comics here laugh. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my influence here. Mm-hmm. Whereas like go everywhere and mm-hmm. see how every per- group of people at that show makes people laugh. You know, Meltdown was good for that. A lot of people just hang around Meltdown. But that okay, was that's good the for insider that. alternative scene mm-hmm. about who would work there. Uh, comedy Store's got its own brand of comedy, kind of. You know, mm-hmm. it does not say that the only thing that works there. Uh, but I don't. I don't hang out. I'll, I'll go to a show. I'll try and book spots every night of the week mm-hmm. wherever somebody's going to have me. Or not every night of the week, but, you know, and I'll just do a show. Pretty almost wherever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go cross the fucking 405 on them. <laughs> but I'll go Santa almost Monica. everywhere within a four-mile radius of my home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to Santa Monica for shit. Uh, but that's just, <laughs> Although I do, that's I, laziness. I do like the West Side Comedy Theater. I love that spot. Yeah. But it'd be it's, cool it's if it was such closer. a pain to get over there. It'd be cool if it wasn't on the West Side. Um, but yeah, when it's a night off of comedy, I'm not going to go hang out. Yeah, once once in a great while. I don't go to many shows that I'm not on. Yeah, and that's that. That's probably not good. You know, I don't know. Well, it depends on how often you're out. You yeah. Know? Anyway, and th- th- there's. But I'm trying to find a place to hang out in L.A. Like there's comedy shows fucking everywhere. I do have my shows. I there was a few that I would go to uh, when I wouldn't. When I wasn't on the show, and rest in peace, man. I tell you, I loved uh, Babe Island at Bigfoot Lodge. Yeah, uh, uh, James Fritz, <clears throat> yeah, and Josh Androsky. That was a guys. good bar to hang out. I would go at. to that one when I wasn't even on the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to uh, our buddy Cookie's show. I'll go to Big Money just Big to hang Money. out. Yeah, Virgil's a good spot mm-hmm. if you're if you are nearby the Virgil. That would be a hangout spot. When I was closer, you could hit all those shows in Los Feliz. You know, mm-hmm. Monday night you'd hit uh, Public House. Mm-hmm. Worst bar in L.A., but the yep. show was fun enough to hang out at. Mm-hmm. They got Best Fish Taco. Then you could cruise down to the the open mic that was above the Chinese restaurant yep. there. China Palace. Yeah, China Palace, which is no longer. Everything's changing over in Los Feliz. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's a good spot. You can go like Malawash, just like in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have anything close by in the hood here. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm right by a UCB theater. Sometimes, you know, Rachel, I go see a show there, but. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Juan the Baker What do you guys think of hypnosis mind control Is that stuff for real Is it just possible one on one Or do you buy the low grade widespread Sheeple sort of mind control Hmm. Have you ever Hypnotists will come through Comedy clubs Mm -hmm. And have you ever seen Have you ever watched a hypnotist act I have And it's like it's Something's working. Something's working. I never bought it. I was like, you can't hypnotize me. Yeah. And I've never done it. But then I watch people that are like the same attitude and then they're The willingness hypnotized. to go along with it. And I, I remember watching that once and 
you want to think it's that it's that mix between believing in weird supernatural stuff, but also being a conspiracy theorist. Like, well, no, the guy has plants in the audience. Like, bah, but I want to believe that it's mm-hmm. there. So, <clears throat> as far as mind control, I mean, that was MK Ultra. That mm-hmm. was the government trying to figure out. I I think. Look at cults. Somebody else had a cult question in here. Look at cults. You can brainwash people. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can brainwash. That happens just in relationships. Yeah. You can brainwash somebody and happens get them. at work. Yeah, yeah. But workplace, yeah, pyramid schemes. You get people so excited to just sell this. But like they believe in it with their, like, a, like a religion. It's not just to sell product. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all very real. Um, one. Yeah. The one-on-one stuff, just the stuff that people use to quit smoking. If you want to quit smoking and you're close to being able to do it and somebody hypnotizes you or uh, it's worked for people, mm-hmm. I think you have to have a certain mindset. But much like the sensitivity to see maybe ghosts or something that some people might have that sixth sense that they can perceive, you know, uh, see those things and mm-hmm. other people can't, I think uh, – some people can be hypnotized easier than others. Yeah. And some people are sociopaths that are very charismatic and can brainwash people. So, yeah, that's my answer to yeah. that. Uh, Jamie Bales asks, uh, you asked us listeners about our favorite moments of the show so far. Curious, what are your favorite moments? Is there one particular episode that you're more proud of than others? That's a good question. Um, and having to go back, uh, I compiled that best of a few weeks ago, and uh, boy, did I get sick I of was, hearing our voices. I was, I was, I, I, <laughs> I just got back from Australia, and I was trying to run off some of the poison. And I was laughing out loud, trying to take a jog around the lake. I listened to way too much Boogie Monster <clears throat> for about a week and a half. Um, yeah, man. Just off the top of my head, the thing that's made me laugh the hardest to where I thought mm-hmm. I was about to vomit was. When I realized, oh shit, this episode comes out on Valentine's Day, oh, and man. just out of the holster, you went, "Well, sexy, sexy, fuck, fuck." <laughs> I don't know why. On paper, that's not uh, a hilarious statement, but the way the timing of it and the delivery of it, I thought I had to get up and walk across your apartment because I thought I was, I thought I was going to throw up from laughing so hard. We, yeah, we were being real stupid. <laughs> That comes to mind. Uh, I really enjoyed um, when we were talking about Rene Rondelier, and you oh, called that. him a gargantuan wolf-faced nightmare. Yeah, there was the drunk ones where, like, really, no concern for the composition, the sound composition. Um, but as far as a topic, I really uh, – I enjoyed uh, time travel, and I enjoyed uh, Middle Earth, Inner Earth, Hollow Earth. Hollow, Hollow Earth. Earth. Yeah. Hollow I, enjoy, Earth. I enjoyed those topics. Skinwalker still, for me, yeah. is the one that uh, – skin, everything about Skinwalker Ranch and Robert Bigelow yeah. and his tie-ins with space travel and Elon Musk. Like, <clears throat> that's the stuff we're learning about. Like, man, th- somebody knows something. Mm-hmm. Like they're all. Why would you buy that specific location? Yeah, you know this weird guy that made millions on hotels, but mm-hmm. also has created functional space pods. That's the kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, you know, I, I should read up on this for the podcast. I'm like, oh shit, something's going on. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, Skinwalker still for me is just in the fact that. <laughs> People were like the the stories were nonchalant, like, oh yeah, we saw one. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like the 
You could tell a hunter wants to come up with a story about Bigfoot or, oh, I saw a UFO or a ghost. And you know it's sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. All the skinwalkers are like, yeah, three of us. We're just, you know, it's Christmas, so we're back in the reservation. There's a Mm -hmm. wolf just standing in the window looking at us. And my grandmother later going, yeah, you know, that wolf on crowds, man. Just the the nonchalant way where it wasn't anybody trying to wow you or win you over or get attention. Like that made it very real for Mm -hmm. me, the matter-of-factness of it. Yeah. Uh, JC slash special cases. JC special cases asked, do either of you guys manscape or is it all natural? Well, that's a bit personal. Uh, you gotta, you gotta do a little maintenance. You know, it's it's like having a, it's like being a homeowner. You know, you don't want to be the, the one house on the block with the shitty yard. Trim the grass if you want the tree to look bigger. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just that's just basic design. That's just, that's just basic design technique. Yeah, I just feel like it's you know it's a courtesy. Do you want somebody to special to pay? Yeah, if you want somebody special to pay attention to that area, take mm-hmm. care of that area. Although mm-hmm. uh, the other way around, I've never given a shit. I'll get down there and fucking oh, yeah. root around regardless. But again. I don't like the uh, – not to be too crass. I, I don't like the completely clean-shaven. Mm. It's, 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 uh, it's too much like a little kid. You know, that's not my, my, my taste. It's too – I don't you – know, you know what I'm I talking mean, about. I know. You know who's go down there and root around with – I know who's attached to it, so I don't – Well, worry that's about true too, I guess. Thing. But it just – yeah. Just – I need a reminder that you're <laughs> – that you're legit. Well, the rest of the body should be the reminder. That's true. <laughs> the fact that you know who it is should be the reminder. <laughs> anyway, steer away from that. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tim Parham, what's your go-to mixed drink? What's your go? I don't know that. I don't know the answer for you. Right, let me if guess. It's a, if it's a gout thing, I was just doing tequila soda. If, but health issues aside, if you just Total preference. What, what's your what's your mixed drink? I don't drink. You know what? If it's if it's I'm like having a fun drink. Mm-hmm. I love a margarita. Yeah, yeah. I love a margarita too, but it's so sweet that it hurts my teeth. After you gotta get it. You gotta get it a, a well made margarita, mm-hmm. or you get one like a smoky margarita where they make it with mezcal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm getting a mixed drink, I'm getting a like big fun. <clears throat> like my tires. I like shit. the big silly fruity drinks. Yeah, like if I, otherwise, like cocktails, like uh, like a, a, a short glass drink. I'll just get, I'll get a scotch or a whiskey on the mm. rocks or something, or the tequila soda, because I was trying to you know, drink my clear liquors. I'm a bourbon and coke. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I like I like something about the way the coke mixes with the bourbon or the whiskey. Mm. Um, for being specific, uh, Jim Beam Black. I like Jim Beam Black and Coke. That's my, that's yeah. my jam. Once, once in a while, I'll do a Greyhound. Which, which one's that? Vodka and grapefruit juice. Okay, right, right. Well, I'll tell you what else I love. My wild card is, uh, am I pronouncing this right? Madras? Madras? Uh, I love, without even the alcohol, I love equal parts orange juice and cranberry juice. Like good versions of both. Yeah. Man, they complement each other. I drink that all the time, a virgin. Like if I've got a jug of cranberry and a jug of orange juice, I'll just mix those together. It's so refreshing. Cranberry then, orange. Yeah, and but then uh, I guess they put vodka. The mattresses, those with the vodka. 
But yeah, cranberry and orange that juice. That does sound like a good drink. I, mean, I can't believe I have never. So I was like, I think that's a tequila sunrise when it's tequila, but it's right. so tasty. <clears throat> um, this is just uh, Sam Thomason uh, uh, says that go back to last month's Q and A submittal and read Duncan McDonald's vet questions because vet question because it was fucking awesome. The fact that somebody this month is telling us to go read somebody else's question from last month, I will go find that question. But because you said that and threw threw it over to another uh, cure, we'll uh, your question, Sam. <clears throat> is uh, what if history as we know it has already been meddled with many times by a council of time travelers, and this is the best case scenario they could come up with? Like the Holocaust and nine eleven had to happen for reasons, but they contained it as much as they could. I f- feel that way. Like certain tragedies have to exist in order to move things forward. Sometimes you got to get dumped by a girl who you think is the love of your life to know what true love really is. And then that's when you're open to it and you meet the person you're supposed to be with afterwards. So I feel, or, or yeah, or the fact that the big conundrum of time travel <clears throat> is that if you're in the future, everything that let you get to the future had to happen. So you can't go back and fuck with any of it. That's hmm. the, I forget what paradox that's called but you know it's covered in you know it's what they were fighting against in Terminator but fighting mm-hmm. to preserve in Back to the Future or that's the big crux of the time travel thing mm-hmm. if you invent it and you realize you just can't go back you would have to be locked up like this amazing secret and just yeah you can't prevent 9-11 because events that happened because of it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is kind of like that's the and then the other side of that conspiracy is that people had let made nine eleven happen so they could put those events in order. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> let the Gulf of Tonkin that had to be the provo- uh, provocation to, so we could do Vietnam. Mm-hmm. They kind of knew that Japan, like they had to get we had to get something to happen to us to enter World War Two because nobody wants to enter a war. You know, there's no moral support just to enter a war when nothing's happened to us. So they yeah. kind of let – I'm screwing up my facts, but they kind of knew or let Pearl Harbor happen mm-hmm. as an impetus to enter World War II. So, yeah, man. That Gulf of Tonkin, that was complete bullshit, right? I'm not I'm, – I'm so not educated about it, but the stuff that I have, you know, watched in documentaries or read about has been – they, yeah, they kind of. It was like a provocation. Ooh, they fired on us. Yeah, like as a provocation. Let's start a war. Again, like the Owen Benjamin thing. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Yeah. I'm not touching you. Yeah. We're not breaking any rules. We're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, but I'm but still going to punch you. You're being a fucking dick. <laughs> you're being a shitty person. Yeah. Yeah, being shitty just to get somebody, and then the reaction is like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened!" When you full well knew you were you were getting you were gonna get the response you wanted. Yeah, by, you the same by your inaction, you yeah. just didn't have the balls to go go all the way. Yeah, well, because then you can uh, you know plausible de- deniability, and you can oh, it's not my fault because I didn't do anything wrong. So that's a good question. Did you find the one from last month at all? Find what? What? What do you ask? The, the Duncan McDonald's. Well, you you get a question here, Scott Fulmer. Because I'm gonna go. I want to find Duncan McDonald's question that Sam Thomason said we should answer. 
because he said because it's fucking awesome, and I like things that are fucking awesome. Dave, you answer this one while I search for that. All right, <clears throat> what are you asking? Scott Fulmer. Has anyone gotten a Boogie Monster tattoo yet? Describe your perfect oh, Boogie man. Monster tattoo a true fan could get. That'd be a. I don't want to be responsible. Look at the tattoos I've gotten for myself and use that common sense logic to see if you can get on your body. I did want. I did want like a Rat Fink style Bigfoot driving a hot rod UFO, <clears throat> but instead I got my UFO trying to go to the beach. Yeah. My, it, I, I do like yeah, that one. Yeah, I just woke up. I'm like, I wanted a California tattoo. I was going to get something with a California bear. <clears throat> I still might. But it's like, I love it here. I'm like, ah, let's get a UFO going on the beach. <laughs> so I got that. Um, are you looking? What are, are you looking it up? I'm uh, looking no, up. I'm not looking up anything. I'm sorry. I'm looking it up. I got to find this. I got to find this question that was so fucking awesome. But what tattoo? You got two Bigfoot tattoos. Yeah, right? I got uh, on my right uh, uh, tricep. I've got uh, Bigfoot as uh, Michelangelo's Vitruvian Man. Mm-hmm. You know the old Vitruvian Man yeah. anatomy. Yeah, I got that, but it's it's a rad ass Bigfoot. And then on my right uh, forearm, inner forearm, I've got uh, a, a, a version of the Patterson Gimlin, the classic uh, Bigfoot taking his stride. A classic look, look fake looking over Bigfoot photo. Fakes my ass. That's some real shit. And then I got another one on my bicep that just says BBQ because I got that one done on a whim, literally 30 seconds notice. That's when we're recording uh, Viceland's Flophouse. And our, uh, our friend Emily, uh, Emily uh, yeah. Effler-Bond, who's a great tattoo artist, who actually has done all my other tattoos. She was giving out free tattoos, and they're like, Dave, we, we want to get a shot of you doing a tattoo. What do you want? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And they're like, you got 30 seconds. Pick something. Make, yeah. it, make it easy. Something she can do in 20 minutes. And I'm like, uh, barbecue? No, those are the tattoos that will mean more to you later in life than anything. My buddy who's a tattooed artist was talking about like how people come in and they're going to get one tattoo, but it has every... Okay, it's my baby's footprints, yeah. but it also has my mother's name in front of a sunrise, but it also has Psalm 32, which I want that script going around the sun like it's a cloud and the sun was like, just get eight different tattoos. Yeah. You can't... Like, you see somebody gets yeah. like... It just... Yeah, so... <clears throat> I'm still looking for this thing, Dave. You've got to come up with some shit. Uh, what thing are you looking for? This question, I'm going to find it. Okay. Yeah, I just I just paused it and looked for it. Okay. I, I forgot that instead of like listening to people sit here, well, we got our thumbs in our ass trying to <laughs> scroll through old questions, I could just pause it, find the question. And it is a good question from Duncan McDonald from last month, who got alley-ooped into this month's. Mm-hmm. Two months later, actually, because it's June, even though it may... Whatever. <clears throat> Duncan McDonald asks, Hey, guys, quick question. After the Cats and Dogs episode, he was thinking, do you think the reason our pets hate going to the vet and hide in weird corners or cower behind furniture in the exam room is because they can see all the ghosts from the animals that are put down? Like, if... Cats and dogs can be sensitive to seeing that, and then they're in a vet's office where it's just filled with it. Not a not a bad thought. Hmm. Not an interesting thought. Personally, I think they can sense energy. You know, you know how, especially dogs. Like if someone's bad, they could be like, "Yeah, fuck this guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cats think, too. Cats yeah, know what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cats could be like, "Oh, this guy's not gonna." You know, when kids have nervous energy, like nervous energy sets off an animal. Mm-hmm. And not that vets have nerve, but 
I think it's just palpable that they're there for a. It's not good energy in a vet, which is why some yeah. you see some vets. I watched that too cute series, and uh, love it. Love, love now, it. Now that I don't have cable anymore, love it. That was like, of all the things, like high def, four K, this and that. The only things I wanted it for are Mika Auto Auctions and Too Cute. And Too Cute never came in. God damn, I HD. Love that show. I don't know why the fuck they're not playing that in HD. That's a show that is, is necessary. I fucking love kittens and I fucking love puppies. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Whoa, Dave. <laughs> Tequila got a hold of you. He's getting real. Old. I fucking love kittens, dude. Put the fuck out of him. <laughs> You're like aggro, Lenny. Uh, I think they. I think they could just sense the energy in there. Especially that's why they like. So I'm too cute. A lot of times they'd be like, "Oh, they, this mama cat at the vet had kittens, and they all got adopted except another one." They, they have animals that hang out in the vet's office. Yeah, I think. As like a calming sense, maybe tell the other animals like, "Look, it's chill. I know it's a nervous time here, but also they don't like pet carriers. They get weird about. It's hard to know why. I remember just putting my cat in the car just to sit there, like just and just mm-hmm. would lose its shit in the car. And I yeah. don't know why about that environment. <laughs> like you want to go sit in a box by yourself. But then this other larger enclosed space. Mm-hmm. You're right. That was a good question from Duncan McDonald. I don't know if it's about the ghost, of the ant, but that's a good one. If they could just sense that it's a bad vibe, it's like it's like people in a cemetery. Mm-hmm. So that was a good one. Thank you for sending me back over that way. And <clears throat> all right. <laughs> oh man, I just spent while you were talking. I spent a lot of. Energy looking for the answer to a question. Yeah. And now I can't find the damn question. Well. Somebody asked me about good Nashville comics. And, uh, man, I love Nashville so much. Mm. I love the city of Nashville. I like the restaurants. Good town. I, like it. I was born there. I was born in Nashville. Yeah. And, uh, damn, God damn it, now I can't find the damn question. But somebody asked me about good Nashville comics. And uh, this dude opened for me. Uh, a couple years ago, just funny as shit. If you're in Nashville and you're looking for comedy, go see Monty Mitchell. Monty Mitchell. No. <clears throat> I'm drunk. Monty Mitchell. That's, <laughs> I, I, my, my enunciation was off. Uh, very funny dude. Uh, Chad Ryden, kind of the godfather of Nashville comedy. He's a very funny dude. But yeah, a lot of great comics I in can't Nashville. I remember who my guys were that night. I had. Monty Mitchell, Gotta just funny as shit. I think there's a guy named Josh Wagner. It was funny as shit. Uh, just a lot of just like <laughs> unassuming, like, holy shit, you guys are fucking yeah. great. Yeah. I fucked up last time. The, the openers crushed it for me when I was in, there in February. <clears throat> and I was walking in the venue and pulled the total dipshit move of like walking in like, all right, show's starting. People are hanging out in front. Like, oh, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Like introducing myself mm-hmm. to somebody who had opened for me the last time I was through there, and yeah. like I just I do that so much. I had to apologize, but like please understand, especially on a tour where like all right, I'm in a different city every night, meeting people that I may have made may or may have not met yeah a year and a half earlier for one night of drinking. Mm-hmm. So if I my sincerest apologies mm-hmm. if I forget, it's, I'm so bad. I don't have I don't really have the cataloging abilities to remember all well, the. All the people. People don't understand. In all the cities. We go all over. We meet so many people. 
I'm, I only got so much space in this stupid little brain. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's if not an insult. A, if I could have a hard drive yeah. that I could store this stuff on and plug yeah. in what I would love to. But, yeah, and I, please don't take it as insulting when it happens. Uh, Sam Sherman is the is who asked that question. He okay. said, uh, moving to Tennessee later this year, want to know uh, what comics I should check out. Yeah. And, uh, man, and so many good guys came from Tennessee. Nate Bargatze started there, yeah. started in Nashville. Billy Wayne Davis started mm-hmm. in Nashville. Uh, just, just a lot of good guys. But yeah, Monty Mitchell's still around. Chad Ryden's still around. Just uh, a lot of, lot of solid, and uh, that's like a lot th- of good shows. Check out Third Coast Comedy Club. That's a, that's a good. Spot. I was going to say that's like the that's like the third in the line of showbiz cities. Yeah, yeah. They got they do a lot of film and everything down. It. There's a <clears> great oh, maybe s- between there and Atlanta. There's a great scene in uh, David Cross's documentary that he put out 12 years ago, Let oh. America Laugh, <laughs> yeah. where it's, it's basically a tour documentary. He's doing a big tour, yeah. and he's in Nashville, and uh, he's, I think he's playing the Exit Inn. I think that's where he played. That's, uh, that's where BR549, all country fans will know BR549. We're the mm-hmm. house band of that cool bar. But anyway, and the guy had all these seats, all these chairs put out, and David Cross was like, well, you know, my, my yeah. brand of comedy, I kind of attract. It's more kind of a standing, you know, almost like a rock show. Yeah. And the guy was like, look, man, no, no, I know Nashville. It's it's right there behind L.A. and New York as far as showbiz yeah. cities. He's just bragging. And he's not incorrect, but David Cross like, yeah, but I, I also know my audience. And, yeah, as, as, a, as a funny documentary, there's the same uh, – the next scene is the same guy who, who pissed David Cross off, the club owner. And he, they're after the show, they're trying to load out and get everybody out. So just to fuck with him, David Cross uh, was in the green room. Yeah. And then, like, the the text on the screen said, David is intentionally trying to take as long as he possibly can yeah. to load this one poster into his backpack. And the guy's, like, waiting on him. And then, like, yeah. for 20 minutes, Dave's just, like... <laughs> Just standing around, yeah. trying to put, the, trying to reorganize his backpack, and, and the guy's like, "God damn it, dude, come on!" He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm almost done, I'm almost done," but he's doing that just yeah, to fuck. I with saw it. that documentary. If that guy punched David Cross in the face, I'd be on that guy's side. Yeah, he's David a bit Cross of a prick. sounded like a real. He came off like a real prick in that documentary. He really did. Ooh, let's go to this comic book. Let's make fun of these locals. Yeah, that he are did just come off as fucking a weird, like you know, like. That that documentary should be called Punching Down. <laughs> he was a fucking dick in that documentary. Yeah, he was. And I like I, I liked his comedy, but uh, yeah, it was the overall theme was like, look at these fucking idiots that like me. My audience <laughs> likes to stand. No stand up comedy audience likes to stand. Get That's over true. yourself. Yeah. The I've done th- shows where there's standing. I'm like, guys, thank you for standing. I go out of my way. Like, thank you for making. I know this is a standing thing. Yeah. Move side to side, shake it off, walk around a little bit. I know it's not the best yeah. way to watch comedy. No comedy audience likes to stand. Get over yourself. The overall theme was kind of look at these fucking idiots that like me. It's like, dude, this is your fan base. Come on. Yeah. Don't, don't shit all over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, make it for the outsiders while also trying to peg yourself as an outsider. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thought on that fucking <laughs> shit. Oh, boy. What else we got? Travis Hill. Hey, guys. What are your thoughts about adding video to the podcast? I know you want to, Dave. I am in flip-flops, and I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. And you can probably <laughs> smell it on a fucking video. So I've had five cups of coffee and some of the delicious vegan jerky from, what's his name? John Stevenson. Yeah. Louisville. Louisville, dude. Mm-hmm. That's all I've had today, and I had a, a wicked shake of psyllium husk, super greens, and some apple cider vinegar. Ooh. Like, they're all bad individually. I may as well just put it all in one cup and drink it down. I've started doing that apple cider vinegar. 
the shots. Yeah, man. What's it? What's it doing for us? It's uh, it's supposed to be good. We put oh, forth shit. an effort. I did, a, I did a thing and I lost all the questions. God. Eli Bueno asks. I know Kyle is a fan of punk. What are his thoughts on me first in the Gimme Gimmies? You know that band? Yeah, I I, I love it. Yeah. I see their. Uh, I don't. I've never heard their music, but I see them they're, on posters. Yeah, they're a punk rock supergroup that just does covers. Oh, they're a supergroup. Yeah. Who Who are they from? Uh, it's got. It's like a Fat Records do. The big ones. Uh, Fat Mike from No Effects. From No Effects. And I forget. He's like an employee that worked for them. That they would go to karaoke, and he's actually a really good singer. So they just started the band. I think that's the story I heard. I think. I love covers. I know everybody hates cover songs or cover bands. I love them, man. Uh-huh. I absolutely love it. I'm simple, and like when you go to a bar, I'm like, oh, there's a cover band on. I'm like, all right, maybe they're not going to get the credit for being the, like, oh, it's all the songs I want to hear. I have a great time when there's a live band at a wedding instead of a DJ. One of the best moves. My buddy yeah. got a live, like just a party band that would play around Chicago and had him come out for his wedding, and that way. You don't have to dance with somebody. You could still direct your attention towards the band like it's a concert or because it's a wedding. You can't just cut a rug with your mm-hmm. special whoever you got with you. I I think I think uh, me first and they get live. They're pretty sloppy because they're just a party band. But mm-hmm. they like one of their live albums was like Tony's Bar Mitzvah. And it was just recorded as though they were the band at a kid's bar mitzvah. <laughs> it was funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny and it's simple and I like it. And yeah. Uh, Pat McCarthy asks, any hangover cures or routines you recommend? I've got a couple. Fuck. Uh, first of all, coconut water. Yeah, that's supposed to be the big one. Drink. Uh, I like the the little ones that come in the little wax box. Uh, was it Coco Vito Coco or something? Yeah. And they make uh, they make just straight up coconut water, which kind of tastes like dirty sock water. Yeah. But they make a pineapple one that I really like. Yeah. It's pretty tasty. Drink one of those. The last thing you drink that night, mm-hmm. make it that. And the first thing you drink in the morning, drink one of those <clears throat> yeah. first and last. And then also throw in a uh, after the after you chug that in the morning. Uh, when you get up, uh, make yourself a little emergency, a little, little mm-hmm. cup of emergency. And uh, that shit helps. And it could be all placebo effect. I don't know. As far as the emergency, mm-hmm. I do know that the coconut water is just loaded with tons of uh, yeah, it's whatever shit's supposed to be shit's very hydrated. To, yeah, it's nature's Gatorade. Yeah. But, man, I've been doing – like the few times where it's like I'm getting into it, I'll yeah. make sure that I close the night with one of those and open the morning with one of those. And uh, it, it helps. Yeah, I <clears> – <throat> I don't have any cure-alls. I'll do a – I take a milk thistle every day. It's supposed to be good for the liver. What get, is that? I don't know. Hmm. It's, one, it's just supplements. You can get caught up and read about, well, this supplement's good for that. And you can get caught up in that world. I do a little bit. I take li- uh, the milk thistle. It's supposed to be good for your liver. I'm like, I know what I do to my liver, so I take that. We've got charcoal pills around here. If it's like going to be a real rough night, charcoal pills supposed to be – a good cleaning thing. You're not supposed to take it with other medicine. They, don't take any of this as actual med- yeah. medical advice. None of, you, you know who you're listening to. But for me, like if I wake up hungover, unless it's been excruciating, which lately they have been, if I get really lean into it. Really? I haven't been hungover in a um, long time. Oh, I lost a day and a half to a hangover. What a couple weeks fuck? ago you yeah. went to see uh, – uh, Oh, I was uh, smoking Popes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just oh. – but I'll just be like, no, man, you did this. Yeah. You don't get an easy way out. You pay the debt. I don't know if that's being raised Catholic or Midwest, but like, <laughs> no shortcuts, man. Yeah. You fucking, you did this. 
you made your bed, you lie in it. So I will, I'll take milk. I'll take things like take care of my organs, take my milk thistle and this and that. But like ibuprofen, like no, dude. Unless I have something to do where I have to try and function, like just chugging water. Yeah. Just yeah. You, yeah, and I think that's part of it too. I do a lot of pay the preventative price. maintenance. Yeah. You know? If I know I'm getting into it, I'll make sure I have water along the way, and uh, like I said, I'll close it out with a. Mm-hmm. With a coconut water. Uh, Lee Singleton asked, Dave, how far in advance should one contact you for lunch at Howling Rays? I don't know. Ten minutes? I'll be there. Did he put the G on it? Howling Rays? Yeah, Howling Rays. <laughs> it's Howling. We dropped the Gs. But, oh, uh, man. I can't man. wait to. I'll go. I'll fucking eat some Howling Rays with you, Lee. Just just holler at your boy. I'm there. Just throw it. It's like the goddamn... <laughs> Bat signal. Well, and why don't we just answer Sean Devlin's question? Kyle Dave, what's your favorite sandwich in America and why? That right there is absolutely my favorite sandwich. Kyle Ray's, yeah. It's the best sandwich there is. Not just the best chicken sandwich. No, man. The best sandwich. That bet, yeah. No hyperbole. Yes. I'm I'm sitting there. I've had it once. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And just to recap, Mm -hmm. here we go. Tell, tell All right, if you've had a Chick-fil-A, classic Chick-fil-A sandwich, it's mm-hmm. like that, but on steroids. The uh, the chick, It's a chicken breast, boneless chicken breast, that's about twice the size that it should be. It's gigantic. And they will do the Nashville hot chicken spice, one of six levels, one of six levels of spice, uh, starting at zero, which is country, which is no spice, all the way up to – I forgot what it was, but you basically almost have to sign a waiver. I go for medium. I go for the third one. Yeah. I go for medium, and then the bun, bakery fresh, nice, soft, squishy bun. They put a vinegar coleslaw on top, mm-hmm. not a mayonnaise-based, but a vinegar-based uh, white cab- regular cabbage and red cabbage tossed in some vinegar solution. Very good. And then they have what they call comeback sauce on the bottom, basically a garlic aioli, yeah. garlic-infused mayonnaise. And it but is. It's about that piece of chicken. The jam. It is that, so good. I got when I we went there and I got the chicken. Then I got one wing of the. You got hot. the hot. I was gonna get four. like, give me extra hot. That's the one before the ray, howling. Hot. Yeah, yeah. That's number. I'm like, give me extra hot. And the guy was so clear about like, just to let you know, we use four of the hottest peppers in existence yeah. to make that one. And this that's gonna take you out for about twelve hours. The hot's gonna take you out for about four. I'm like, oh, I've never been scared off and i was like all right just give me one wing of just hot mm-hmm. and i was i was panting the whole way home it's intense <laughs> i've done that i was doing that sweating and kind of shifting in your seat like mm-hmm. like you think moving your whole body is gonna make your mouth feel better like ah, oh ah i almost did that to the sandwich i'm glad i didn't get a medium it is so good i just i can't describe how good it is and it is worth the wait now they've uh They've extended their hours to seven, and Ooh. they've added a second cashier station, so oh, the lines okay. are moving a okay. lot faster now. By the way, update: a lot faster lines. Really? Yeah. Used to they would they were they were they were eleven to four, um, and just any time of day you're going to wait at least an hour. An hour was you getting off light. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and I follow them on Twitter, and they're always putting their line updates. Yeah. They're like, "Sorry guys, two and a half hour wait right now." Sometimes I've seen three hours, but now because they've extended their hours, they've added another cashier. They're in in lunch rush. They're like forty five minutes, yeah. thirty minutes. I was very outspoken about my thoughts on waiting in line for food, and then mm-hmm. I did it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh an hour, that's it." Like that. Now you, they just re they made me revalue what an hour of my life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an hour of food, an hour for Howl and Ray's. Oh, yeah, that hour wasn't going to be important. I, well, can, see, I can wait that hour. And because I'm a good friend, now when I go, 
and I'll invite I'll invite you. I'll, I'll invite Singer. Uh, me and Fritz go a lot, but I'll go. Hey man, doing Howlin' Rays tomorrow. I'm gonna get there at noon. Yeah, you show up at one one fifteen, and I'll hold your spot. That way, my buddies only gotta wait ten fifteen minutes. But I uh, but I think. If it's with one person, but I wouldn't fly the flag about like, all right, I'm camping. Because then you got five. What if you got five people come in? Tough shit. Everybody else waited in line. Everybody else paid their dues. So what? Oh, now the guy behind me has got to wait an extra 45 seconds. An extra two minutes. For five people? Yeah, most. Yeah. Yeah. And I have thought about that. What if five people in front of you all told five friends to come? Now you got twenty five more people in line in front of you. Well, that's true. That's just like you pay. I'll pay the price. I'll get there and wait for it. But I, I've never invited five people. All I've right. never given five people that offer. One or two. You know. But if somebody did that, if somebody's in front of you and you were right about to, eat, you've been waiting an hour, and then five people showed up right in that spot in line What's right a, before you. It's another two minutes. Five people is going to be two minutes. Yeah, yeah. They're thirty forty five seconds apiece. Just boom, boom, boom. You know the problem. You got is five just people so then people. sitting there going, um, but what if, um, no, nah, man, I don't think that's cool. <laughs> I don't think it's cool, man. Well, I'm gonna start giving. Well, you this. gonna start. You're gonna order like how you board a Southwest flight. You've or, benefited from that before. I went there, but I was already in line for a while. There was nobody behind you. Really? Oh, yeah. you got in from the get go? Yeah, I sat there. We were back in the courtyard area of that line. Okay, it's oh, it's Fritz and Singer that always benefit. Of course, Fritz showed up last time. I timed it perfectly. He had to wait like five minutes. And he's like, thanks, man. It's like, yeah, I've been here yeah, an hour God, and a half. Yeah, Fritz has a, yeah, he's got a busy schedule. <laughs> Jay Jensen asks, Dear Dave and Kyle, what is your stance on knocking on a public bathroom, possibly stall door? I mean, if it's been a good enough amount of time, do you think it's rude to knock? Quicken their pace. Street Justice Dave ought to have the right plan of attack for dealing with Camp Poopsville at my work. Um, I see both sides of that coin. You'd like to think that no one's in there just hanging out. If he's still in there, then that means he's doing his business. Everybody's got a phone. You forget. You let your legs go numb because you're reading something. That's true. I'll throw I'll throw a little heat on it. Yeah. Like if I if I saw somebody go in, like all right, five minutes, and it's a public place, and it's a onesie. Yeah. It's a one server. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a handle like, oh, maybe somebody didn't realize it was locked. That's a better way to do it. If it's a stall door, it's hard because you could see. And that's where I'd be like, I'll say something. I don't give a shit, man. You know what I love doing? This is fun. Anybody could do this. It's so fun. Next time you're in there taking a deuce and somebody knocks on the door, mm-hmm. just go, come in. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? No, I just like, come in. Yeah. You're going to get your dick sucked. <laughs> that, that's going to backfire. You're going to get oh, your dick it's sucked. It's so much fun because then they don't know how to respond. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. Come on in, buddy. What you, how you doing? Just sitting there, pants around my ankles. <laughs> I, if it's a stall, if it's only a stall, like I'm trying to think of my situation when I've been in there because I, 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 I'll camp out for a while. Mm-hmm. But like, if it's a workplace, mm-hmm. or you know, like if it's one stall and like maybe maybe a, a toilet and a urinal in a men's room, mm-hmm. and I see feet come in there, and they don't like, okay, yeah, you need the stall, and 
and I, I can get up. Like, okay, like sometimes you try to wait for round two. Yeah. yeah. You know, let me try and get it all out while I can. Uh-huh. But I have it like, all right. And yeah, that's just decency, mm-hmm. you know. Give somebody, especially as a work thing, if it's a door, I, I, I always like to rattle the handle. <laughs> or even if it's a stall. Act like you didn't see anybody in the stall, but go on and put push on it. Or get your feet right up in there so they see your feet in front of it, mm-hmm. you know. And they're going to know your shoes. So if they want to have a conflict later, it's a workplace, and they're going to know your shoes. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, man, I had to take a shit. Yeah. Sorry, didn't know. I didn't want to peek through the crack like a creep. Mm-hmm. So I just rattled the door to see if it was locked. You ever seen anybody? I've seen this a couple times in the stall, and somebody's so self conscious when they're in there taking a shit, they will take a long thing of toilet paper and place it over the gap. I've never seen. I've that. seen that a few times. Who's in there? Like I gotta see what you're doing. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've seen people like so self conscious. Just you know, that little one inch gap between the base and the door. Fuck, I'll make eye contact. I'm always looking through there. <laughs> if I'm not looking at my, if somebody's in there, I'm looking like so. I, I want to catch him when I know they're looking in. I'm like, yeah, I got you. I, I see you too, motherfucker. Oh god, that's funny. Uh, Jake Rivera says, "Hey guys, hey, hey Jake." That's a good one. Good one, Jake. I like. It. I oh, get what you're doing. Oh, that's the one that he screwed. Just, the I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Hey, Jake. Uh, Scott Fulmer asks, has anyone got any... Oh, you already asked that one. Boogie Monster oh, Tattoo. Boy. Sorry about that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm just damn. fucking... I don't know what's going on. Uh, Guy Incognito. Since the Confederate flag has been adopted by white supremacists and other assorted, other assorted rump roasts. <laughs> That's a good insult. Rump. Look at this rump roast. <laughs> good one. Would Street Justice Dave support his biscuit as the new symbol of Southern pride? What was the... First part since of that the, question. Since the Confederate flag is all for uh, uh, rump roast now, dude, racist rump roast. Not to get too inside baseball, but I wrote a pilot where the, one of the storylines was we replaced the Confederate flag with a flag of a biscuit. Really? Well, yeah. Great, great mindset. I think like. Guy Incognito has his answer right there. Yeah, seriously, that was one of the storylines where like. Uh, it was, it was set at a flea market, and somebody was selling. Uh, uh, you know, you go to a flea market in the south; it's going to be a lot of Confederate flag paraphernalia. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the storylines involves somebody uh, repurposing the uh, Confederate flag with a biscuit. Oh, uh, Jake Rivera. I'm sorry. He he does have a question. I guess he stopped and started. Have either of you guys shit yourself as a grown adult person? It's surprisingly easy to do when alcohol and fast food are involved. Mm-hmm. P.S. Us janitors love you guys. F- found food stories as we're also degenerates that eat what we find uh, i was talking about this with somebody the other day i have never shit my pants i got a sphincter like a goddamn bear trap you never just no had I'm, a you know nope i have never shit my i've had some close calls thought you were gonna have a blank never was a real round yeah i haven't done, haven't sharded haven't done any of that never yeah. shit myself oh i'll do that yeah yeah, yeah there's always what like, a bummer what a bummer it must be yeah ruin your day you're out doing your thing and you just now you got shit in your pants yeah what do you do i mean try and clean it up in the bathroom hmm how how many times you done that every couple months every couple months like just like a wet fart you know now i did shit myself in second grade shit all over myself in second grade and didn't do anything about it 
just kept it in there. This was like yeah. 10 in the morning. And then uh, I remember for some reason, the back of our classroom, we had a, uh, a, a cardboard log cabin that we had made as a class, <laughs> like a giant – Look, I mean, it was like the size of like a tool shed now, mm-hmm. and uh, and then like I don't know if you're good, you get to go in there and read in the reading cabin, and uh, I was in the reading cabin with just a couple other people, and a girl was like made. The, I like how you called other second graders people. Yeah, other people, uh, but a girl was on to me. Some little girl was like making the sin and looked at me, oh, yeah. and uh, we had a foreign exchange student who was from Ecuador. I don't know why I remember he was from Ecuador. And as a second grader, this girl like had pegged me. It's like, oh, she didn't say it, but she looked at me like, did you shit your pants? And I just gave the the thumb over like. He blamed it on the Ecuadorian kid. Manuel did it. I just gave the thumbs over like, yeah, this fucking. What a fucking move. Piece of shit, man. Way to go, Dave. And then I, uh, yeah, I had shit my pants all day. And I don't know why I remember this detail. What do you, well, mean I, you shit your pants all day? I, I I mean I shit myself at like ten in the oh, morning. Okay, you weren't just shitting all day. No, no, but I had shit in my pants. Okay, all day. yeah, yeah, all right. Sure. So I kept it in there all day. I don't know why I didn't go to the bathroom and try to fix it, but I just walked around with shit in my pants all day. And I got off the I got off the bus to go home, and I remember like, oh, I got to go take care of this. But I stopped and checked the mail, and my Atlanta Braves clubhouse catalog had come, and I was like, oh, well, at least this is good. At least I finally got my Atlanta Braves clubhouse catalog, so now I can order a T-shirt, Atlanta Braves T-shirt. But I remember that was the same order day. Some I sh- new underpants. I shit my, I shit myself, and I blamed it on the Ecuadorian kid. But as an adult, poop free. Well, aren't you just so mm-hmm. goddamn lucky? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> your, ra- your horrible attitude paid off. Oh, good. I shit my pants like hot farted when. Uh, oh, so what is? One of my first jobs in L.A. And the day before, this is uh, the day before, like a hooded sweatshirt where it wasn't a zip up. It was a pullover, so uh-huh. the pocket was continual. Yeah. And to this day, like I know, I don't ever put shit in those pockets when you're going pee because stuff just fall out of it real easy. Uh-huh. And I think I was hung over, so I was like had my hand on the wall peeing in the toilet, and my phone fell out and fell into the toilet. So I ruined my phone that day. And then the next day, driving to work, hung over again because I was drinking all the time. I hot farted in my pants on the way to work and like just just fucking uh, just, you know, a ladle, a, a gravy ladled Ugh. and uh, but then couldn't call in sick because I dropped my phone in the toilet. So I had to go to work and then get there and then just sit there in my shit pants until my boss is like, you don't look like you're feeling too well. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not at all. But not for the reasons he thought. And then I went home. You didn't go in and be like, hey, I'm here because my phone's fucked, but I got to go. No, because I was so worried about like losing a job. Mm. And that was just one instance. Wow. It happens all the time. Anyway, boy, we got a lot of questions answered. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of questions. Uh, mm. Marcus Fairbrother, dudes. You guys could host a dinner party with your respective ladies and invite any six to ten guests from the past or present, human, cryptid, alien, supernatural, or otherwise. Who slash what would they be? And Dave, what would you serve? These questions always make me think too much. Yeah. We don't have to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's not a bad question. Well, the dinner party question, you know. Well, who would you like to have dinner with? Dead or alive. 
don't know, I've heard man. versions of this where they're like, so-and-so, dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I watched I watched the Prince video. I was watching Prince videos the other day because I was missing Prince. And uh, <clears throat> I think Prince would be a fun guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun dude. Probably wouldn't eat a lot. I'd, I'd like to have dinner with Bo Jackson. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Best athlete. Probably could help you cook, too. Yeah. He knows everything to do. Oh, Bo. Um, what, what? Yeah. I never been, like, I never put uh, celebrities too far up on a pedestal. You smell something? Did you shit your pants again? No, I didn't shit my oh. pants. That was like a banging around. Yeah, we're both. I'm strung out on caffeine. You're drunk. It's yeah, two thirty drunk. in the afternoon. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of tequila and Lacroix. <laughs> two thirty in the afternoon. Who is? I think uh, this is weird. I, I would have. I would like to invite my grandfather who passed away right after I was born because my cousin said he was pretty fun. Although my mother and her sisters have different stories about him. Oh. Uh, you want to elaborate? No. No. But I, you know, you want to meet your relatives. Curious, curious about that. Yeah, I had no grandparents on my father's side. They died yeah. when my dad was kind of an orphan. <clears throat> I said, "Yeah, my name was supposed to be Bruno after my grandfather because he died three days after I was born." Bruno Canane. Yeah. And then my mom was like, "I could, I couldn't imagine a child being named like I couldn't imagine calling a baby Bruno." I'm like. You know, I would grow up, but I think maybe she didn't want to oh, wow. have that name in her house. Oh, no. <clears throat> she might not want to have that name in the house. <clears throat> so. Oh, man. Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, well, let's do a fun one because I felt like a little uh, thing on that one. A little, little something going on. Uncle Barbecue and Street Justice Dave, I'm planning on moving to L.A. to get involved in audio post-production. What would be some good and cheap neighborhoods to check out for an apartment, mm. says Burley Gates. Uh, I mean, the valley's always kind of cheap. Valley's – people are going to knock the valley. It depends. If you work in Hollywood or interning or doing whatever in Hollywood and then you got to commute, it could be a real motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But people knock the valley. I like a lot of the valley. I got no problem with the valley. It might it might be a little bit – but I, I, dig, I dig Burbank a whole bunch. I love Burbank. Burbank, Toluca Lake. Mm-hmm. Studio City, your apartments are going to be wildly cheaper over there than they would be in Hollywood. North Hollywood's fairly North cool. Hollywood, yeah. And there's some bars and stuff if you want to drink, a little bit of nightlife. And then, yeah. Especially if you're in North Hollywood, you could take the Red Line train right into Hollywood mm-hmm. and to downtown if you want to. Yeah. Um, everybody else is moving out to Highland Park. <clears throat> I like Highland Park. I like Eagle Rock. Yeah. Those places got so hip so quick. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like, it's like like a whole neighborhood got a sleeve tattoo overnight. I'm like, all right, too much. Driving through there one night, and there's like a DJ in front of a artisanal ice cream parlor, like on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You too much, man! You guys mm-hmm. jump the shark real quick mm-hmm. over on York Boulevard there." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's over there. Santa Monica is going to be expensive. Hollywood, if if you can afford, if you find a place that's affordable in Hollywood, it is going to be a real crappy place. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be be wary of that. There's some real shady spots in Hollywood, and it's. It's like having a tourist part of your, and I know I live closer to it now than I've ever lived, but it's like have, living near the tourist part of your own hometown. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, I live right in Hollywood. Nobody 
goes in Hollywood. You yeah. go to the neighborhoods you like. Hollywood Nobody hangs out sucks. really in Hollywood. Yeah. There's bars that I like down there, but even living closer to it, I don't. There's a lot of creeps. A lot yeah. of creeps out there. All right, one last one here. I found a good one. Um, Anderum Martin. It's all one word. I don't. All right, I'm sure. sure I'm man. missing something. Dave, what's your earliest street justice memory or just some early tales of vigilantism? Um, man. I have not thought of this story in a long time, but this is 100% true. Uh, anybody see me recently? I do a bit where I talk about being a loss prevention officer at, uh, oh, at, at Ingalls Grocery Store. And uh, I most of my shit is, is, is very uh, uh, autobiographical and factual and truthful. Uh, I do lie in that bit in the sense where I say it was my only bust. I tell a story about how I – Busted a mentally challenged mm-hmm. kid was not my only bust. I made one other bust, and I uh, I haven't figured out how to make this funny because a lot of my shit I've, mm-hmm. I've had a very uh, colorful life, and a lot of my shit sounds very um, you know laced with hyperbole and exaggeration. So I, I never figured out how to make this funny, but uh, I got stabbed doing that job at I, the grocery store. At the grocery store, <laughs> I was nineteen. Working at Ingalls Grocery Store in Canton, Georgia. That was the home base. They would move me around every few weeks. I'd move around. I worked at six mm. different Ingalls Grocery Stores. Yeah. So every couple of weeks, they'd move me around. And uh, I got moved over to Ackworth, Georgia, and uh, caught a dude stealing steaks. And uh, he had put a few steak in the pants. Put a few ribeye steaks in his pants. And uh, I saw the whole thing, and I followed him out. You know, the thing was back then was like you gotta. They, they, they can't get arrested for it if you bust them inside the store. you got to wait until mm-hmm. they get outside the store. Oh, so follow a guy on the sidewalk, and it was a black dude. He's probably about 50. He's kind of a look like kind of just, uh, you know, not to pass judgment, but he looked like a haggard, maybe problems with alcohol, just kind of a beaten down, withered, haggard, uh, little diminutive black fella. And I just said, hey, man. You know why I'm here. I know you got those steaks in your pants. Mm-hmm. And that dude pulled a knife on me. Uh-oh. And when he pulled, he had uh, a fucking butterfly knife. One of those flip-floppity butterfly knives. He didn't do the, <clears throat> the flip-floppity thing. impractical. Yeah. Looks like something he got at a fucking flea market. And he pulled the knife on me. And I go, all right, you win. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm, it ain't, those fucking ribeyes ain't worth me getting hurt <clears throat> for. Yeah. And, I, and I, I even put my hands up. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, man, all right, if you're going to play that card... You win. Get along. Go yeah. on. And he wouldn't leave. And he like once he realized that he had won, mm-hmm. he was kind of basking in it. And he was like, you know, and I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm just doing my job. I ain't trying to get cut. Yeah. It's fucking $10 worth of steak. Get the fuck out of here. Had my hands up. And he wouldn't leave. And he kept getting closer and closer. And the dude mm. lunged at me. Yeah. He's talking some shit. And he lunged at me. And he stabbed me just when I say stab, but he poked me. Fortunately, yeah. he didn't give a full-on stab. Yeah. But, like, he made contact, and he cut me. I was fine. But he cut me right in the gut. Yeah. And while, like, right when he cut me, I grabbed both both of my hands locked onto the wrist oh, of his thing. Yeah, okay. And I broke the dude's wrist. This was back really? when I – I don't want to sound like – I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a martial artist. But I did used to take mm-hmm. martial arts for like three years. Yeah. I took a form called Shotokan, which was very uh, – in layman's term, Shotokan. it was very Steven Seagal-esque. It was a lot of bone breaks. <laughs> it really was a very practical form of martial arts. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of kicking and flipping. It was a lot of uh, wrist holds and yeah, choke holds yeah, yeah. and arm bars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed 
grabbed on. He stabbed me simultaneously. He made contact, and I locked onto both his uh, I, both my hands locked onto his one wrist, and I just I like ooh, torqued his ooh. fucking wrist, and I snapped his fucking wrist, and he he's fucking screaming. Yeah, well, and then I I carried handcuffs and I yeah. cuffed his fucking broken dangly ass wrist to his other wrist and uh, the manager was out there and he called the cops and the cops came but not not a tough guy story but uh yeah broke the fuck out of that dude's wrist that was my first uh, vigilante story (laughs) that's a good that's a good closer and i wasn't trying to be i told him i was like you win go please leave i'm not trying to fight you or get cut over goddamn pack of ribeyes he he wanted to taste the danger and i think he was drunk it bit him back and um but yeah he he pierced me and uh didn't require stitches or anything but uh yes snap that tetanus shot you don't know where that knife's been snapped his feeble ass wrist and butterfly uh, knives are for doing for 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 drug dealers to open up a bag of coke to test the quality, <laughs> and for seventh graders to impress each other. Mm-hmm. There's no other use for those knives. Yeah. And I don't know why he didn't just fucking leave. I gave him every chance to leave, but I don't know if the adrenaline or something. But he was yeah. he was in the moment, and there was like this weird little standoff, and finally he just lunged at me. Yeah, man. And, yeah. Uh, I once I locked hold of his wrist, I was like, well, goddamn it, game over, dude. I agree that that. <laughs> <laughs> Should happen. So yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Well, that's a good street justice story. That was worth that was worth four bucks. Yeah, they fought a guy with a knife and won. That's worth four. I'd give you four bucks for that myself. Yeah. All right. So, there we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much again. Uh, sincerely, we appreciate the support. Kyle doesn't need your money, but I need your money. I need so. everybody's money. That's how I got to this point. I need yeah. everybody's money. I told you, man. I'm, I'm over my punk shit. I'm in my rap game now. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to live lavishly and uh, irresponsibly now. That's where I'm at. No more of this humble $5 shit. Oh, Tickets man. are 80 bucks each for shows. <clears throat> but, yeah, thanks for the support. Uh, Dave's Kitchen's coming out soon. Do those every month as well. So, uh yeah, buying tennis bracelets for my girl. Starting to wear chains. You buy a tennis bracelet for Rachel? No, no. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to act like I'm spending their money mm-hmm. on frivolous shit. I, it'd be funny if you just started blinging out. Like you just start showing up with all this weird. I'm trying jewelry. to be a jewelry guy, not nice to you, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a ring guy. Yeah, I remember when you got your. Uh, I don't know if it was your first earring, but you. I had my ears pierced. 20 years ago, okay. I had gauges in there and stuff. But I'd never seen you wear an earring till we were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And you bought an earring at the, I think, at the airport or something. We were somewhere. I bought a ring. Not oh, an earring. It? I bought a ring for my finger. Oh, okay. I bought a pinky ring, yeah. A pinky ring. That's you gotta have big. You got to have big, fat Dago hands to wear pinky rings. And I got these long. My mom was like, oh, you have the, you have the hands for a piano player. I'm like, yes, feminine hands, mom. <laughs> I have hands like a woman. So a pinky ring on me just looks foolish. But you yeah. got big, fat like mafia hands yeah. with a gold pinky ring even at like it, just, it looks cool to me now like my tastes are changed like the, a pinky ring looks cool yeah i want to be that guy i'm trying to wear it. i'm trying like big <laughs> skull rings on a big biker dude but yeah. if i put a skull ring my hands are dainty so mm-hmm. rings are just i can't get a big ring because they don't fit and so i'm trying trying to be a guy that wears hmm. rings maybe i'll wear some rings tonight <laughs> I have. I'm going to put some jewelry on. Be a guy that does that. Put on some jewelry and I still skull want, ring. I want you so bad to just get a toupee. Just have some <clears> I was talking about that with God, somebody that else. so funny, dude. Yeah, man. Just start rocking a toupe. Like what What? Kind, what style would you get? Do you know? Not out late. Like just like hair. <clears throat> like I would wear it just like 
I just I have hair now. But like, see, I got I'm growing it out. I got kind of a floppy thing going. Yeah. Would you keep it tight, or would you have like floppy? Man, I, if I'm going to go into that world, like, I don't know. I was talking with somebody yesterday about like you can get plugs now. You can get like legit good looking plugs. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't ever try and pass it off as real hair. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got stuff worked. <laughs> That's like, the beauty. There's nothing better. Like when a woman gets fake boobs and like, yeah, look at the paid for these. Yeah. Like, good. Yeah. Go out there and like, don't act like, oh, nobody. Like, yeah. I, somebody, I always wanted big tits and I went and got big tits finally. Like live your life. Absolutely. No shame in that. <laughs> live your life. Yeah, man. So please get a toupee. I don't know, man. George Costanza, that shit. But then I think about the extra maintenance that has that it, like I haven't had to worry about doing anything with my yeah. hair other than just shaving it every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, like dudes that like their hair's falling out and they're le- like later in life and you realize they're panicking because that's been part of their look and their personality. Uh-huh. I'm so glad that if my hair was going to fall out, it fell out in my 20s. Yeah, and I was already shaving my head anyway. Yeah. That it wasn't this. It's like how guys can't shave their beard now. Like, yeah. oh, it's part of my personality. Yeah. What if your beard just started falling out and be like, oh, but my, but my, my character. Yeah. You know. Um, and I don't mean this to be like a derogatory question, but do you use shampoo or do you just use like soap? Just hit it real quick or like on my head. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I'm. I got like I'll do like face skin stuff and so and just, just throw that up yeah, there. my whole head. Yeah. So I still get. If I wear hats a lot, I get uh-huh. all blemishes. Yeah. Anyway. Right on, buddy. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what you... Nobody asked that question. <laughs> Could have done that one off air. Oh, off man. Air. All right, guys. Thank you so much for all the questions. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. It's yeah. Dave and, Dave and Kyle. Thanks for your money, suckers. There's your Q&A, dipshits. No, I'll say it because I'm the villain. You're oh, the one oh, who's yeah. appreciated. Yeah, You're the that's, nice guy. That's true. That's just and I'm like, give, you, give be, me your money. Being mean for no reason. You kiss asses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then you did it. Now people are going to be like, fuck you. Go live in your van again. Appreciate you guys. See, there they go. Okay. Thanks a lot. The Boogie Monster.
Thank you.